Hot mic, bring it down. I got a big mouth, guys. All right, does anybody know a, a woman like that or a man like that that has a Bible verse for everything? <laughs> All right, I am that woman. <laughs> I've resigned myself to the fact that I am that crazy old woman that has a Bible verse for everything. And um, as you guessed, maybe, the, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the Word of God, but I'm going to come at it from an angle that maybe you haven't heard before. And the name of my sermon is Watering Your Life with the Word of God. Now, I got something here I'm going to start with. Does anybody know what this is? Can you see? Take a guess. Just yell out. Nope. 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 Chase, come up here and look at it real close so you can, so you can give him the 411 on what it is. Well, taking our time here, just strolling. What is it? <laughs> I promise it didn't come from one of my chihuahuas. <laughs> it, it, it is a seed. All right, I was going to say no. All right, go ahead. You <laughs> can sit down. He is both incorrect and correct at the same time. This is, in fact, a peach seed. And um, the thing is, though, that this isn't all that this is. Inside this seed, it is packed with potential. This isn't just a peach seed, you guys. Inside this seed is the DNA for not only a peach tree. There is the, D, not only, there is the DNA for not only an orchard of peach trees, but inside this seed is the DNA for generations and generations of peach trees. All right? That's pretty powerful. This seed just needs the right conditions to begin to thrive and grow. And what does the seed need? The seed needs good soil, needs sun, needs fertilizer, needs water. And you know what? We are exactly like this seed. And we just need the right conditions to begin to thrive and to grow. So in our lives, what is the good soil? All right? The good soil, I would call that the Father. When we come to the Father and we accept Christ, we plant ourselves in the soil of his love. And then what's the sun? The sun, I would say, is Jesus shining down his ways, his word, his life that we can follow as an example. And then we need fertilizer. Fortunately, we do not have to work for fertilizer in this life. This life will supply us with all kinds of crap that we need to grow. You need some fertilizer for your growth? Here's a relationship problem. You need some fertilizer for your growth? How about a health issue? Need some fertilizer for your growth? How about your best friend betrays you? Life will supply you with all the crap you need to grow. So what is the water, right? We need the water to begin to sprout and to grow and to thrive. And Ephesians 5.26 talks about how the husband washes his wife with the water of the word. And the reason it describes it that way is because the word, like water, is cleansing, refreshing, and life-giving and produces growth. Psalm 1 says... Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates it on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. All right, so... We've already pretty much Christianity 101. When you first come to Christ or you first start going to church, first thing you hear from everyone is read the word, read the word, read the word, right? And that's important. We have to read the word. It's important. Second thing we learn about is learn to meditate on God's word. And if you remember um, last, last year 
Andrew had us go through Psalm 119, eight verses at a time each day so that we could meditate. What meditate on the word, it's not a new age guru kind of thing. What meditate means, it just means to marinate, to soak in, to, um, you know, just really let that word begin to penetrate your life until it's a part of it. Look at it all from all angles and listen to what God says. That's meditation. But I'm here today, and what I'm going to talk about is taking it a step further than that. And I'm going to talk about there's a new step that some of you maybe never heard before. You, it is very important and life-changing to begin to speak and to pray the Word of God out life over your life, your circumstances, and your people. You know, we all have, the reason we need to do that is because we all have tapes in our head, right? We have tapes that are constantly running in our head from the past, from our parents, from our mistakes, from the enemy, from our flesh. And those tapes are saying a lot of stupid negative things that aren't true. They're saying things like, you're a failure. You're never going to make it. You failed before. You're always going to fail. You know, you're always going to be an addict. You're always going to struggle with this sin. You should be afraid. You should have anxiety. Those are the tapes that we are constantly fighting against. Now, Romans 10:17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, faith grows from hearing and speaking God's word out loud. And what happens is we actually, as we speak God's word out loud over our lives, we begin to replace those old tapes with the truth. And instead of our words going through and our thoughts going through our mind, we replace it with the thoughts of God. How many know that God's thoughts are way better than mine? <laughs> Come on, right? And it's powerful when we begin to speak the word of God over our lives and our circumstances into the enemy. Jesus himself, if you remember, he spoke God's word out loud to the enemy to, and to encourage himself. When he was tempted in the desert, um, the enemy came to him and tried to give him all kinds of temptations. Like, here, you can have this. Jesus didn't argue with him. He didn't debate him. He looked at him and he said, but God's word says this. He came with another temptation. He didn't argue with him. He didn't debate him. He said, but God says this. Jesus defeated the enemy when he spoke the word out loud. So why speak the word out loud? Why not just read it? I mean, you're supposed to read it. You're supposed to meditate. All those things are important. But why should we speak the word out loud? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture, you guys, is the very breath of God. The very breath of God. Do you remember who else he breathed life into? The story of creation. When he made man, he took Adam and he breathed his life in it. And God's word is the very breath of God. And it's powerful. And there's power when we begin to speak his word out loud. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You guys, the word of God is alive, and it will do what it's set out there to accomplish. It's not just words on a paper. I cannot stress this against. This is not a book with words on a paper. This is the very power and presence of God are in those words. And when we speak it out loud, something different happens than when we just read it. When we speak it out loud, we have released it into the atmosphere for God to begin to do things. And there's power in that. God created the whole world with a word. 
Jesus is the living word. And so it's powerful to speak those words out loud. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God's word will light dark places and circumstances in your life. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to his word. It has the power to help us live a pure life. Are you struggling with sexual sin? Are you struggling with addiction? Are you struggling with gossip? Whatever it is, God ha it has, the word has the power to help us lead a pure life. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his life upon a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. You guys know, a lot of you guys who know us know that in the last, we are living this out <laughs> right now. In the last six months, we've had all kinds of crisis and all kinds of things, starting with Jay's emergency surgeries at the beginning of the year. And I'll tell you what, was it painful? Was it horrible? Is it hard at times? Do I cry? I do. But you know what? We're not moved because we have a strong foundation. Nothing can blow us off that foundation, and that is the word of God. James uh, 3, 4a through 5 says, A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. You hear that? Our mouths and our tongues are the rudder of our lives. They direct the whole ship of our lives. We can move our lives with the power of God and his word, or we can destroy it or blow it up with our mouths and declarations. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> we can move our lives with our words, or we can blow them up. Our mouths are so important. Because the thing is, we are all made in the image of God, and we're creative too. Just like he's creative and he created the world with his words, he made us creative too. And our words have power in them too, whether for the negative or for the good. And you think about in the Gospels, um, the Lord said that uh, whatever we bind on this earth will be bound. Whatever we loose on this earth will be loosed. And that's with our mouth that we do those things. We have creative power. So we can either release hell or we can release heaven into our lives and the lives of other people. You know, if we're walking around and we're saying things like, you know, I'm probably not going to live, I'm probably not going to live very long. I'm going to live, I'm going to die young. Or I'm always going to be an addict. Or I'm a loser. Or I'm a failure. If we're walking about saying those kind of things over our lives, then those are the things that we're going to point our ship towards. My friend, my uh, mentor and big sister in the Lord, Janice, and you're probably going to hear me invoke her name a lot. <laughs> if you know me for five minutes, you do. But one of her analogies, was, or not, one of her things that she used to say, which I think is a powerful truth, is that when we open our mouth and we begin to declare God's word over our lives and over our circumstances, what happens is we have just invited all of heaven to go to work for us. The angels in heaven are like, did you see that? Did you see her line her mouth up with me and, 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 and start to pray the will of God? Let's go. Let's get to work. Let's start working that on our life. Unfortunately, the converse is true as well, you guys. 
when we start to speak negative things and untrue things and just our feelings over circumstances, it's like we give the enemy territory. And the demons are like, oh, look, they just gave us permission to come in. Our mouths are so important. And, you know, it's not only important what we say to ourselves. It's important what we say about other people, you know, because we can either release heaven or hell into the lives of other people. We have someone who hurts us or does something wrong in our life, and we walk around saying negative things, and maybe they're things that are true, but they're negative things about that person, like, oh, they're just a gossip, or they're never going to change, or all those kind of things. We speak those things. A person who already has hell going on in their life has just had more hell piled on top of them. And, and, and on the opposite side, if we begin to say things, we find a verse for that person, even though they've hurt us. And we start praying, you know what, Lord, help them be the new creation that you created them to be. Help them see that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, and they can break out of this. That's a whole different thing. We have just released heaven onto our enemies and onto people that hurt us. And I'm telling you, our tongues, what we say about ourselves. And what we say about others really, really matters. And I will tell you that as pastors, I, I live this out in a vivid way. When Jay and I were pastoring our own church, um, there would be weeks when I was having a good week. Everything was going great, you know? I, don't, I had no circumstances in my life that should make me be feeling the week, way that I was feeling. But I would have a week where I'd just feel down, and I'd feel like I want to quit, and I'd feel like I was a failure, and like I couldn't do anything right, and I didn't understand it. And inevitably, in the next few days to come, I would find that there was somebody talking behind my back about a problem instead of coming to me. Words are powerful, you guys. What we say to ourselves and what we say to other people is extremely powerful. So how do we get God's word to begin to work in our lives? Where do we start? Well, you start, the whole Christian walk is all about talking to God and asking him to guide you. And so we start by asking him to help us identify areas in our life that we need growth, we need breakthrough, or life to be breathed in. Got relationship issues, got fear issues, got anxiety, mental health issues, kids, addictions, sin you can't stop. Ask God to begin to give you verses to pray over your life, to target that thing in your life so that all of heaven can go to work for you. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a problem either. It can be an area of growth like, I want to be a prayer warrior. Start looking up verses that talk about prayer and help you be a prayer warrior. Um, one of the verses I've been praying for our church families in this transition period is Psalm 133. I've been praying for unity for our church in transition, that, Lord, help us be brothers and sisters that walk together in unity like that oil that's dripping down on Aaron's beard. Help us be those kind of people that all move and connect with your Holy Spirit, Lord. You can ask God for a scripture for, uh, to pray over new pastors or over your kids. So the next thing we do is whenever I find an area in my life that needs targeted, that I'm struggling, that I'm coming up a wall, against a wall with, I will find five verses that speak to that area in my life. And then I will begin to read them out loud every day over myself and 
And after a few days then, I kind of get those things settled in my heart. And so I know the, 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 just, the gist of those things. And then I begin to turn it around and speak it in third person and speak it into a prayer over my life or over my circumstances. I use Philippians 4.13 a lot. It's probably the first verse I ever started using and praying out loud and speaking out loud to myself. And Paul was really great. He already put it in third person to us. So, you know, I come against a hard place in my life and I think I can't do anything. And my head's telling me I'm a failure. I'm not going to make it. And I say out loud because I want heaven to go to work for me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God begins to work for me. The fear comes again, and I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God begins to work. Another verse that I use a lot is Romans 8.38. You know, especially through all the crisis we went through the last six months. You know, and the verse actually says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. But I flip that round into a conversation with God, and I say, Lord, I thank you. Pretty, this situation I find myself in, it sucks, <laughs> and I'm hurting. But, Lord, I thank you that even right now, you are taking this circumstance, and you are turning it around for my good. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I trust you, and I thank you because we love you, and we are called according to your purposes. You see how I did that? I just flipped it around and gave it back to God. He always wants to answer his word. It's his word. It's his will. He always wants to answer it. Now, I'll give you a couple warnings as you start to uh, do this. Warning, your head or your soul won't like it. <laughs> it would rather be in charge than let God's word lead. How many kids can I get an amen? amen? Yeah. And while you're declaring, you see, here's the thing. We are created in the image of God, right? Well, God's three parts. He's, he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, he made us three parts too. We're body, soul, and spirit. The body's easy. It's this house we live in. Sometimes it yells at us. <laughs> um, and then there is the soul, which, um, then there is the spirit, and the spirit is the seed that is inside of you that comes alive when you accept Christ. And God deposits inside of you every single good thing you need to be a successful and supernatural Christian, just like that peach seed that I had. You have everything in you to be a good Christian. And um, the, the third part is your soul. And your soul is the part that gives you the most trouble, right? It's, it, Janice used to say, it's everything from here up. It's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, all those things. Your soul will hate it when you start declaring the truth of God's word. And the enemy will hate it over your life. Because it will start saying things like, as you are uh, speaking the truth of God's word out, I'm a new creation, the old has gone and the new has come. And your head will say, no, you're not. <laughs> you're dumb. You're going to fail. Stop it. This isn't true. It will say various and sundry things that aren't true to try to get to you to stop. What's your job? Ignore it and keep speaking the truth of God's word over your life anyway. Because you know what? Um, you do not have to feel it to choose it and to say it. <laughs> that was a revelation to me when I heard that. I thought you always had to feel things before you did them and say them. But in Christianity, in the Lord, you can grab a hold of that truth, and inside you don't really even believe it, and you don't feel it yet. But as you speak it out loud, God goes to work to make that happen in your life. You don't have to feel it. You can just, as a sheer act of your will, Choose God's word and speak it out 
loud. Now, some of you are going to have a bigger battle than others. I sure did, because <laughs> I have a strong will. I have a strong soul. So sometimes, even now, I look like a crazy woman walking around my house, because all of my emotions are bursting out of myself, and I'm crazy, and I'm upset, and I'm in fear, and I'm anxiety, and I will stop myself, because I know the truth. I'm like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> and I look crazy, but you know what? The power of God is in that word, and he begins to come to work for me and make that happen. So your head is always going to scream at you. Your job is to ignore it and keep speaking truths any, anyway. And I would find myself, when I was still really struggling and deep in my addiction, you know, 25 years ago, I would find myself standing in the garage and drinking and using drugs and not wanting to and crying and saying, I'm a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the tears would come and I would say, Lord, I know there's a time you're going to help me not struggle with this. You know? Another warning. God's word is not fast food drive through line. <laughs> Most likely, you are not going to see results in 90 seconds. Neither do you right now in the drive through lines, right? You are not going to see results right away. Remember, we are watering the seed of our spirits and our lives with the word. Growth takes time, patience, and a measure of consistency. You don't grow a peach tree or an orchard overnight. Persevere. Don't give up. God's word is active and will do what it needs to do in God's timing. When you plant a seed and water it first, it doesn't look like anything's happening, right? You think about that peach seed. If I planted that like a, you know, six inches under the soil and I begin to water it and had all the right conditions and everything, you know, it wouldn't look, even if you could look under the soil, it wouldn't look like anything's happening for the first week or so. But inside that seed, all kinds of life is happening, and it's getting ready to burst through the surface. And then even as it bursts through the surface, that first little sprout, you still can't see anything from the ground. It's still underground, and it looks like there's no growth. And then it springs through, and it's tender, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And that's what happens to our life when we water it with the Word of God. Don't get discouraged. If you're, you know, for two weeks, you're speaking a word of your life, and it doesn't suddenly transform, <laughs> that doesn't mean the Word of God doesn't work. It just means you need a little more saturated before all the good stuff starts to come out of you. So be patient. We are tending an amazing garden with the full potential you can't even imagine, you guys. So, you know, and you think about it, even if you have sun, soil, and fertilizer, if you plant that seed in the ground, it's not going to grow. It's going to sit there dormant with all its potential. You need water, the water of the word to grow. Galatians uh, 6, 9 uh, says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And I'm going to kind of wrap this up a little bit with um, a little bit of a testimony. Like I said, anybody who's been around me for five minutes um, hears me talk about Janice and everything she's taught. And Janice was my big sister in the Lord and my mentor. I traveled all over the world um, sharing the truth of who God was and how to hear from him with her. Well, the first time I met Janice about 30 years ago, she uh, was speaking, and I heard her share her testimony. And I'm, I walk up, and I see this powerful woman, so anointed, so full of love, so full of peace and joy. 
you know, so clear in her mind about what God was doing. And here's the testimony she shared with us that day. She shared that uh, she grew up in a family of 11 kids. She was the youngest of 11 kids. <clears throat> and um, she had a line of mental illness that went through her family. Now, back in those days, nobody talked about it. In fact, everybody covered it up and hush-hush, you know, if there was mental illness. And probably now that we've looked back on it and her family history and what she went through, we probably figure it was schizophrenia, something to that, paranoid schizophrenia. Um, because in, that, in those days, you would just hear things like, oh, Grandpa's having a spell today, <laughs> you know, you should stay away from him kind of a thing. So nobody really talked about it. So Janice found herself in her early 30s, um, with five kids, with a husband who was having an affair, and with a life that was falling apart. And she, every single day, would go into her closet, and she would curl up in the fetal position, and she would pray to God to not let her kill herself or kill her five kids. And the thing is, you guys, Janice was a Christian. Janice grew up in the church. Janice was a sweet little Methodist lady. She loved God. She loved his word. She read his word. She went to Bible study, but she had no power and no healing in her life at that point. So she started to really read God's word, and he started to talk to her. And he, she saw all these things in his word that he says that we are and that we have, and she knew she didn't have any of them. And she's like, I don't get that. And she's like, well, you know, if I start speaking these out loud, what have I got to lose, Right? I mean, right now, I'm on my way to death, so I have nothing to lose to start to believe that. Because if this is who God says I am, then that's who I am in my spirit. That's who I really am. I am all these things in God's word. And it just means that my head is broken. I'm okay, but my head is broken. And so Janice began to find those scriptures in the in the, in the word that she needed to begin to pray over her life. And even though she didn't feel it, even though her head was still screaming at her, even though sometimes she would say those things in tears, still on the floor in the fetal position in her closet, she would speak the truth of God's word over her life. Now, it happened kind of dramatically for Janice. It didn't happen that way for me. But within the next couple of weeks, she was standing there, and she was doing the dishes. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she says it's like a cartoon. God, it's like God came up, his hand came out of heaven, and he flipped open her, her head, her skull, like a cartoon character with a hinge, and he stuck his finger in, and he started going, and she dropped out under the power of God onto her kitchen floor. And while she was under the power of the Holy Spirit on the kitchen floor, God began to talk to her and say, I'm healing you. I'm, I'm mixing up the things that needed mixed, and I'm connecting the parts of your brain that needed to be connected. When she got up at that floor in the next days and weeks to come, her whole life had been different, and she had been healed from mental illness. And not only healed from many, mental illness, in the weeks and days and months and years to come, she became a powerful prophetic evangelist that traveled all over the world telling people how they can have freedom in Jesus, including me. All right? Powerful testimony. So I listened to her share this testimony, and I was like, all right, I was pretty much at the same place Janice was before she got healed. I was going to die. I wasn't going to make it. And I'm like, what do I have to lose if I start running towards God instead of away from him? Because what I've been doing isn't working. I got nothing to lose. So I grabbed a hold of a few truths from God's word, and I began to speak them out loud uh, uh, over my life. And I'll tell you that, um, like I said, I would find myself standing in my garage, drinking, using drugs, 
crying because I didn't want to be doing this. And I would begin to speak the truth. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see if this is true. And I would speak the truth of God's word over my life. And I would say, I'm a new creation. The old has come. The old is gone and the new has come. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know there's going to be a day when I'm not going to struggle with this anymore. And, you know, it didn't happen immediately like it happened in a powerful, direct way like it did for Janice. For me, it was gradual in the next months to come. Suddenly, as I kept doing that, no matter what my head was screaming at me, because, oh, was my head screaming at me, <laughs> and it still screams at me sometimes, in the months to come, I began to see my life just gradually change. I quit smoking. I was able to quit drinking. I, I quit having sexual integrity issues. Things began to just transform in my life. And I wasn't white-knuckling. I wasn't trying. It was just the power of God's word going to work and accomplishing what it set out to do. So I'm telling you guys, here at the end here, we are going to have a little application time before we end. I'm going to make it short, but, you know, life is busy. Um, so I didn't add that last verse. Here, let's add this last verse. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up, right? Okay, application time. Now, in just a minute, I got... The guys are going to come up here and help me out. They're going to pass out some index cards to you and a pen if you need one. And life is busy, so we're going to do this before we leave. And I'm going to encourage you guys to take just a few minutes here. We're just going to take maybe five minutes is all. And, and begin to ask God, Lord, you know, what is the area I need to target in my life? What is the area you want me to begin to have breakthrough in? And ask God to begin to give you, at least today, while we're sitting here, just one verse. I'd encourage you when you go home this week to find five verses to target that issue in your life. And like I said, it doesn't have to be an issue. It can also be, you know, something that you want to get better at in the Lord. You know, Lord, help me have a hunger for your word. Well, Psalm 119 has a lot of verses about God's word. Find a verse that you can begin to pray over yourself. Today, I just want you to write that address. If you have time, you can write down... Um, the whole verse, if you want. And starting today when you go home, put that verse either in your bathroom or in your kitchen or in your car, wherever you're a lot. And as you walk by, every time you walk by, begin to read that verse out loud over your life. And after a couple of days, it's going to settle in your heart and you can flip it into third person and begin to pray that over your life, okay? So now don't panic. If you don't know God's word that much, that's okay. Or maybe you're not even a Christian. You're just a visitor today, and you're like, I just got drug care. Um, you can find a verse too. All you have to do, come on, we all have smartphones. So <laughs> we all have smartphones. Just Google. Google what you need. Be like verses on peace, verses for relationships, verses to pray over my church, you know, verses for anxiety, verses for fear, whatever it is that you feel like God wants you to target right now, ask God to give you one verse and write it down. We're going to take just a few minutes to go ahead and write that down. And if we could get some music for a minute. So go ahead and take that minute and begin to look for that verse that God wants you to have.
you're overachiever and you find your verse really quick, then I encourage you to find a verse. Ask God to give you a verse to pray over our church or our new pastors. struggling when you come upon a verse that it just kind of you start reading verses and then you'll hit something will just hit right here that's probably the verse you need to write down find at least one verse. 
Yes? Need a, a minute longer, anybody? Raise your hand if you need a minute longer. All right, Ann. Just show Ann. <laughs> it's because you're really digging in. You're trying to find the right ones. I know how you are. All right, so does anybody want to share? Let's have about one or two, maybe three people come up. Would anyone like to share their verse and share the area that God wants to um, target for them? Yeah, Brian, come up. Uh, what mic should I use? Oh. Behind me? That's not wireless. Ah, there we go. Got it. There you go. All right, so we got 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. That's awesome. Awesome. Anything else? Uh, I got Deuteronomy 12, 4. You must not worship the Lord your God in their Ooh, not in their way, but in his way. That's a good one. Who else? Anybody else? Cody. Come on. Romans 5, verse 3 and 4. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character, provides, uh, character produces hope. That's good. That was about maintaining faith. Nice. Maintaining faith. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, that's awesome. I will tell you, one of the things, I, one of the verses I was uh, going to tell you that I forgot to tell you as I was talking about it is my go-to temptation verse is Romans 12.1, you guys. And I pray that in third person. I pray it out like this. When a temptation comes to me to do something that I know is sin, I say, Lord, I offer my body as a living sacrifice this is my acceptable act of worship. And for me, that's like water for my soul. Because you guys know I'm a worshiper, right? I can't shut up and worship if I tried. I love to worship God. And the fact that me just not sinning, not drinking, not falling into temptation is worship to God soothes my soul. And I have never fallen into temptation when I have forced myself to say that and pray that out loud. Another verse I've been praying over um, you guys is... 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And the way I speak that out to God is I say, Lord, help my brothers and sisters stand firm. Let nothing move them. Let them always be willing to give themselves fully to the work of the Lord and let them know that their labor isn't in vain in you. And that's what I pray over you guys. So if you, found, if you struggle to find a verse or you have any questions about this message, just hit me up on Facebook, message me, and I'd be happy to help you walk through this and do this. So let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you so much, Lord. My life would not have been transformed if it wasn't for watering it with the water of your word, even when I didn't feel like. And so, Lord, I pray even right now that you would begin to strengthen my brothers and sisters in the Lord that the word that they found that you, this week as they walk out of this place, that they would find those five verses to target, um, to target whatever area in, in, the in their life that you're asking them to target, Lord. 
and that you would do what you always do, and you would come in with heaven and break open their life. I pray for power. I pray that they would have the courage to ignore their heads and their souls and to keep speaking the truth of God's word anyway over their life, their circumstances, and other people, Lord. I thank you for who you are. And, you know, if you're here today and maybe you just came to visit, maybe you don't even know what any of this is about, but if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, and you want this kind of power and transformation that I've been talking about in my life and the life of my friend Janice, then I'm telling you, it's super simple. And right now, you can pray. And if that's you today, I just ask you to pray. Dear Lord, just forgive me. I accept your free gift of Christ. And I ask you to come in and to change my life in Jesus' name. It's just that simple. So, Lord, I pray you blessing on these people as they go this week. I pray you would just stir up the word and you give them the courage and the boldness and the strength to begin to declare it over their lives, even when they don't feel like it. In Jesus' name. Go water your life this week or the life of someone else with the word of God by declaring it out loud. It's only by your blood and it's only through 